Hey friends, this is Shannon Early, the hostess of Nesting with the Early Birds. Happy day to you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I just wanted to say hi, thank you for coming back, and you are welcome to listen to my show today. Also, for any of you that are fans previously, it'd be awesome if you wanted to maybe check out my Patreon account and donate. That would be so great. There's so much cost to run a podcast besides the website, the laptop, the hosting fees, all that jazz. And I would be really thankful. Also, remember to review me on any of the sites that you listen to this podcast. And that way we can get the word out on the street that nesting with the early birds is the jam. So with all that out of the way, all that, you know, professional mumbo jumbo. Hello again. Thank you so much, listener, for coming here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is all about your worth and your beauty in the eyes of God. And everything that I get today is going to be from the Bible, so you can know it's true. It is scripturally sound. I'm not a pastor, by the way, so if I get stuff wrong, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just doing it however I feel, you know, the Bible is sharing it. So, okay, let me give you an example why it's important to know that this comes from the Bible, okay? So, like, if a friend tells you that they think you're, like, so beautiful and funny, you maybe believe that's exactly what she thinks, or maybe you're like me and you think, what is she really saying? What does she really mean? But imagine if you could read your friend's mind or she could speak directly to your heart. And not only that, she was perfect and without sin and without a hurt past and without a need to succeed and without pain and without flaws or your husband or your father or your boyfriend or your children that then when they spoke, it was a hundred percent the truth. And it was 100% for you to succeed in having an eternal life where you could spend forever with them. That would be awesome, right? But unfortunately, nobody that we speak with is without sin. Nobody is perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. And let me tell you, I don't give compliments just, you know, freely and without any thought. If I compliment you, I do mean what I'm saying. But I understand how when somebody tells me, oh, Shannon, I really love your show or oh, Shannon, you're so funny. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm all right. You know, like there's a joke that when people tell me good job and, you know, you're so great, I'm like, well, I'm decent, you know? So I want to let you know that our Bible though is exactly this 100% truth perfection that we're looking for. Okay. It's like what this book is. It's like having an honest view of yourself and our friends and of your families, but it's through the lens of who God thinks they are and what God says he desires of and for us. As a Presbyterian Christian woman, I firmly believe that all the material in the Bible is infallible, which means there are no errors at all, and that everything in the Bible is breathed out by the Holy Spirit. I believe that reading this book is like taking a walk with the Lord himself. It's like reading a special little journal or book, but it's to us, and it's for us, but it's about him. It's about God. And I think that believing this about the Bible has been so helpful to me in so many ways. As a Christian, like, let's be real, as a person, you're going to have days or months or years of doubts, worries, anxieties. But knowing that you can read what the Bible has to say about what you are going through and your personal relationship with God and know that it's true, by the way, it means all the difference in the world because the weight of it is so firm and hefty and comforting. So many of you listeners know that I have four children ages nine and under. 
Some of you maybe know me in person. You've seen me cry in joy with these children or in anger or desperation for these children. But I hope that if you leave, you know, this podcast today and you only know two things about me, one is that I love Jesus and two is that I seriously believe my family is a gift. But (laughs) you may or may not know that two of my children are on the autism spectrum And people with autism, when they're overwhelmed or stressed beyond reason, they have something that's called having a meltdown. Basically, they need a way to dampen their senses, like to basically filter out some of the things that are upsetting them. And they oftentimes don't have the personal capacity to do it on their own. They literally need something else or someone else to help them calm down. So sometimes you might see a person wearing headphones. These are great. My kids wear them sometimes. And they help to dampen the constant sounds that are all around them all of the time. It will help them center and remain calm because their brain isn't trying to focus on everything all at once. Well, they also, I say they, I'm talking about my children, not all people with autism, but a lot of people with autism, love and crave deep and heavy bear hugs. So you might have seen like weighted blankets at stores, but the actual medically required weighted blankets for a person with autism is insane. It's like basically their body weight. I mean, this thing is gnarly. And when they feel the pressure of a bear hug, the pressure of a person physically lying on top of them or the pressure and weight of a weighted blanket, they're calmed. They're able to focus on the realities of their situation. They become anchored in the truths of their safety, their wholeness. Their breathing and blood pressure slow and lower. Their heart rate begins to slow and they reacquire their peace. So these are two really simple tools for people with autism, right? Headphones and weighted blankets or bear hugs. And I want you guys to also know they're super duper important. And as a matter of fact, though my children have progressed in tremendous ways, there was a time when we would like pack the car or the diaper bag. And my husband and I would yell out, babe, did you pack the headphones? Like it was very important. We had to have them everywhere that we went or, oh no, they puked on the weighted blanket. What else are we going to use? Like, do you want to sleep on top of them? So I want you guys to think about our Bibles though, in the same way, or think about your prayers in the same way. These are tools for you to remember that we really are not equipped to handle things on our own. And we really do need to be anchored into our reality so often. We need a comforter and a friend. And we need that weight, you know, that weighted blanket, that weight of having a friend that is 100% pure to bear on us in an absolute tangible way. So think of your Bible and the Word of God as your calming devices, right? As things that you reach to first before you search and see what other distractions are out there to make things even worse, more diluted, you know? And that's to me too, guys. Like, A lot of times I'll be stressed and I won't go to the Bible for the first thing like an idiot and I'll go search Google like, how do I fix this stress in my life? Or, you know, I'm so upset with my husband right now. What should I do? When really, like if I looked at the Bible, it would tell me everything I should do. You know, you guys know, you know, girls. So with that being said, I want to rock your world on who and what you are in God's eyes. So Ladies and gents, I wanted to give you verse one on what the Bible, our God, has to say about his relationship and view of you. Isaiah 49, 16. This is from the King James Version, by the way. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. The NIV says, see, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. 
And the New King James Version says, see, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So like, as you think about these words, remember, these are just one small snippet of what our situation is with the Lord. And when you take out each and every beautiful word, you see that even those words are beautiful. So look down at your own palms if you're not driving. (laughs) Seriously, look at them. You can see the deep lines of your palm creases or all of the crisscrossing and curves that are a part of your hands. Maybe there's like calluses or scars, puncture wounds or paper cuts. But when you look even closer, you can see that there are even more tiny lines underneath the visible ones. Do you see what I'm saying? Some of them are smaller than others. Some are longer or shorter. Some seem to end out of nowhere, but they're all yours. Our God loves you so very much that he crafted in you even the most minute details. Like, think about if you were making a person or something. You wouldn't be like, "Mm, they need seven gajillion lines in their hands. You'd be like, no, man, that's too much hard work. Let's leave those details out. At least I would. I'd be like, they've got their eyeballs and their brain. They're fine. (laughs) But God gives you details about your very own body that you might not have even recognized before, right? But the Lord knows each and every one of those. And I'm sure that you've heard how each and every person's fingerprints are unique. But maybe you've even heard that in studies with identity, Identical twins, identical, their fingerprints are unique. That's bananas. And our fingerprints are even made in such a way that even if we burned off the tips of our fingers, they would actually regenerate without any structural damage. And they would be the same fingerprints. They will always regenerate to be uniquely ours. And they're not even other parts of our body or or our skin that has the same regenerative quality. It's amazing. And I understand that we are probably not talking about God's literal hands, but maybe we are. The Bible's full of mysteries, guys. Think about for a moment what the verse tells us just about our personhood. When you have something engraved, right, it's for a beautiful memory or a moment. It's like an honor, something for others to see, right? You're engraving it so that you can see it, others can see it. And then you can look at it with pride or love or remembrance. And most of all, guys, it's permanent, right? It's permanent. Merriam-Webster's definition of engraved is to cut or carve a text or design on the surface of a hard object. Think about the engraving on the Lord of the Rings rings, right? (laughs) The only way they could break that magic was by traveling all the way to a volcano land called Mordor and throw it in the volcano. (laughs) That engraving was permanent. Anyways, that has nothing to do with the Bible. I just wanted to see if I could somehow throw Lord of the Rings in here. <laughs> okay. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Girls, our Lord knew you. He knew me. He knew us before we even existed. Before we were even in our mother's belly. Before she had that twinkle in her eye. Or that spark with our bio dad. The Lord knew us. It means that though our God understood all of your faults and your problems, all of the ways that your morning breath and hair are, you know, just so when waking up, or how you cry at commercials when you're having a tough day, or how you laugh at really inappropriate things, or how you can be kind of selfish sometimes, or grumpy or petty. He knew it all, all of the way, and he still crafted you. All of you all of who you are, and he still decided that our world would be better with you in it as a part of God's glory. You get that? No matter what you do or, you know, how you think you are, God made you for a reason and he thinks you're beautiful. 
Which brings me to one of my most favorite and most prayed over verses in the Bible. Of all the places to find beautiful language, you know, to feel our Lord's love for us in scripture, you really can't find many more beautiful spots than in the Psalms. A Psalm is literally a sacred hymn or song of worship. And though these were written hundreds upon hundreds and thousands of years ago, the beauty and the majesty of these words are still so true today. And I've had Evan read through Psalm 139 in its entirety for all four of my labor and deliveries, all four of them, each of my crazy emergency or planned surgeries while praying through the scare and intense anxieties of my mother's stroke for my children when they go through their surgeries. You named it, girls. We've prayed this psalm over it. There's just nothing more comforting to me in the entire Bible than remembering that God's thoughts of me outnumber the grains of sand, yet I can hardly even keep my thoughts on God for five seconds straight. You feel me? The entire chapter, Psalm 139, is to me one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible regarding my relationship with God and seeing what he thinks about me. So I'm only going to hit a few of the verses here because I want you all later to think about, you know, maybe checking out that psalm for yourself, right? See maybe what sticks out to you more. Okay, so I'm just going to hit a couple of them, okay? But this is Psalm 139. It says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Then it, there's another one. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before me and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. It's high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. It's beautiful. And it just keeps going on. So those are just a couple little snippets that I took out. But guys, I love that psalm. And little background info, the psalms were written by King David. And he was a man of my own heart because he messed up all of the dang time. Like he had people killed for his own gain. And then when he worshiped God, like when his heart was really in it, he was pretty extra. Like there's actually a part in the Bible where David dances naked in front of the Lord while singing a song of worship to him, which I'm like, get it, David. You're just like me. So I know it sounds crazy, but listen, like I've been on fire the same way before, maybe not like the full way, like dancing naked way, but you know how it is when you're really feeling like you're one with the Lord and like you're really talking to and with him all day long and you're reading the scriptures and talking about him with your friends and your family and your children. There's this happiness and joy about you and this feeling of gratefulness and worthlessness that shows God's worthiness. And you might sometimes find yourself doing something like, well, writing poetry to God and then singing it to him while you're nude or something. (laughs) Anyways, if you want to see how you can pray or praise or grieve in front of the Lord, King David showed us where it's at. So, and you know that saying, yes, queen, girls, talk about yes, queen, okay? Check out Psalm 8, 3 through 6. So Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 through 6. When I look at your heavens... 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Guys, it says that we're crowned with glory and honor and that the same God that made the stars and heavens, he created us and made us just a little less than the heavens. The heavens, guys. Also, Isaiah 62, verse 3. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God is... uh, Oh, sorry. Isaiah 62, 3. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. A crown of glory and a royal diadem in God's hands, guys. This is God's plan and promise to us to make us his showpiece. Like, when you look at crowns and diadems, you'll discover that they're always beautiful to behold. They're also similar in that they're both adornments for the head of the king or queen, and they complete the king and queen's dressing. Therefore, real and expensive crowns and diadems are all over this palace. The crown or diadem is meant for the head, right? The seat of all intellect. No one will have a crown or diadem and wear it on their feet. More so, the crown of glory or the royal diadem is not meant for ordinary heads because the scripture clearly distinguishes the crown and diadem, qualifying them with adjectives to show us that they're glorious and royal. And regarding things like engravings, royalty, diadems, there are other ways he speaks to you guys as princesses or daughters of the king. Haggai 2 verse 23. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shiltiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Imagine, if you will, close your eyes if you need to be, you know, if you need to do it, what the most beautiful bride to you would look like. She's normally glowing, beautiful, pure in her husband's eyes. She's fully committed. She's fully supported in her journey to make her lifetime decision with her groom. Her eyes are only on his as she walks down the aisle while everyone else is staring at her. Maybe her hair is tied up with baby's breath or wildflowers or she has an elegant crown and long flowing veil, whichever it is. She's the most beautiful thing that her groom has ever seen. And she is the most beautiful she might ever be, if we're honest. To see some of the most beautiful poetry ever written between a bride and groom, or even to remember our relationship as our church to Lord in heaven, you've got to read Song of Solomon, okay? Just try not to blush. It's a little racy. But Song of Solomon, check it out. And also, it used to be called the Song of Songs. They were like the hit songs from back in the day, basically, except they were breathed out by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But you guys, the way I'm talking about a beautiful bride, this is the way that the Lord thinks of you. And we sometimes forget this, right? But his desire for us is a passionate one. And I don't even mean the tragic and beautiful passion of the cross, but I mean the passion and desire of a groom longing for his bride. I mean, he wants you so badly to want to be with him that he pursues you and woos us. He calls to us and reminds us to look at the trees and the breeze, the skies he's painted for his own glory, 
but for you to know who he is. He offers his entire self to ourselves. He sacrifices himself so that we may be whole. He is the ultimate lover of soul and mind, and he wants you so badly to love him back. And because he is a good and holy God, he would never make us love him. He wants you to love him by seeing all of the goodness he's given you. So remember that you are his bride. You are the affection of his heart. And there is honestly nothing that I could ever say that would ever compare that love or compliment that the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, though he seeks all of us out, he more importantly seeks each of us out, you and I. And to close a C.S. Lewis quote, because you know, C.S. Lewis is a boss. The great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to my episode of Nesting with the Early Birds. I am so glad that you even got to this point because I kind of went over my normal budget of time, but I really just wanted to let you know that God really does think you're beautiful and you can search out scripture for it. You can search out scripture for, you know, how much he really loves you. Check out the Psalms, check out Song of Solomon. There's so many beautiful different ways that you can see God's hand over your life and how much he thinks you're so special. So thank you so much for coming back to nesting with the early birds and remember that God totally loves you all the time. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review somewhere, that would be awesome sauce. Or maybe just, you know, hit the like button. I don't know what you're listening on, you know, but I would really love that just to keep my podcast numbers growing. I've already hit 2000 downloads. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I'll see you next time.